The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. I will not wear the mask. 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 I will not wear a mask. I will not get the vaccine. I will not get the vaccine. And I will not get the vaccine. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. In the Lord, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust, and I will not be afraid. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come to you. Do not hide your face from me in the day. For the Lord is the great God, and the great King above all. Rise up, O judge of the earth. Render punishment to the proud. Lord, how long will the wicked, how long will the wicked chime? Righteousness and justice are the foundation of this. I hate the work of those who fall away. With my mouth I'll make known your faithfulness to all generations. For I have said, mercy shall be built up forever. Your faithfulness you shall stand. On an instrument of ten strings, on the lute and on the harp, with harmonious sound. For you, O Lord, have made me glad through your works. I will you, triumph Lord, in the works of your are on high forevermore. For behold, your enemies shall perish. All the workers of iniquity shall be scattered. I will defy tyrants. 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 And good morning, America. Welcome, Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people, all the boat rockers are in the house, and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio. We use the Bible and the Constitution, not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S.-occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. And for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns you about. I hold to the book, the Bible, as the authoritative word of God. Glad that you guys have joined us here this morning. If you'd like to check us out online, please do so. SonsOfLibertyRadio.com and also SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. In fact, if you're listening by way of Red State Talk Radio and you want to watch the video portion of the radio show, that's right. You see the face is made for radio. Head over to sonsoflibertymedia.com and there at the top of the page, you'll see two videos. One on the left, uh, obviously Bradley didn't have a show today. I'm going to tell you guys just this morning, I don't know what days Bradley will have a show this week, okay? He told me he's going to have some stuff that we post for you know, the site, which is a video you know, that he does. And on before it's news. So I don't know how many of those he's going to do. So if you don't see it, he's not having a show. It's a replay. Okay. You can listen to it on GCN um, and you can check out the video that 
he's produced. He's got several that are fairly new, and so we're going to be putting those up on the website and on um, uh, beforeitsnews.com there. So that's on the left side of the page. On the right side of the page is where we're streaming, and all you got to do is click click onto that, blow it up on whatever device you've got, and then you've got a Rumble icon in the bottom right. Click on that, and you can join us in the chat. We are streaming on Rumble, Sons of Liberty Radio Live. We're also on beforeitsnews.com, top of the page there. We're on dlive.tv at the Sons of Liberty. We've been having a lot of people pop in on DLive, which is great. I'm glad to see that. You know, DLive is um, it's a gamer platform. It, that's really what it is. It's I, I never understood it. Some of my kids want to watch some of that sometimes, I guess, to learn how to do certain, certain things or whatever. But it's a gamer platform. And, you know, I'm thankful that we can come on there. And sometimes we get people who are gamers and other people to come in and actually pay attention to some of the things that we're saying. So, you know, praise God that he's given us an opportunity to be on that platform. Also, Twitch, which is another game. It's largely a gamer platform that was created, you know, to set up for streaming, watching somebody else play a game. It's like, uh, do you know how boring tennis is or golf? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, you those sports are meant to be played. Sports is a, is a, is not a spectator spectator sport. It isn't. I know people watch it. It's meant to be played. It's a game. And uh, you know, if you sit down, and you're going to play a video game. It, you're not. It's not a spectator sport. So it's a little odd for me to that people want to watch other people do it, unless I guess they're trying to figure out certain certain things. Whatever. Yeah, I love golf too, Salt. Uh, in fact. Walking, not riding in a golf cart, like early in the morning, great exercise. It's been decades since I've done any golfing, uh, but great exercise. It was a lot of fun, all of that kind of stuff. So, yeah, we're not talking about golf today, though. <laughs> right up under where we're uh, streaming live is where you can sign up for our email newsletter. Please sign up for that. And then if you want our ministry email, go to sonsoflibertyradio.com. Sign up there. That's once a week. You get those on Saturday. You'll get uh, what's going on in the ministry, where Bradley is going to be speaking at. And uh, you'll get his article for the week. And you'll get whatever the highlight is. And we're going to talk about that and pull it up, but we're going to talk about that here in just a little bit. If you would like to support us, there's a donate button at the top of sonsoflibertymedia.com. Click on that, make a one-time donation, or partner with us monthly as a son or daughter of liberty. And again, we appreciate all of you guys' support. Um, you know, we the Lord moves upon the hearts of his people. He loves a cheerful giver, and I'm not one to to preach about a lot about giving, even though there's there's a lot in scripture on that. And the only reason is, is because so many of these fraudsters and charlatans have taken advantage of people, you know, and, and it really ruins it for ministries who are out there doing the stuff. And, and look, you know, I'm not going to say we're poor by any means. We're not. Uh, God's met our needs and even above and beyond our needs. So I'm, I'm not going to say that, but at the same time, um, you know, we have families to maintain and, and expenses as far as uh, just daily like you guys do, as well as, um, you know, the, the expenses of ministry trips and things like that that we do. So we really do value your support and we appreciate it very much. Also, our store is available. So if you haven't checked that out, please do so. I didn't open up. So let me open up that right quick. Uh, this week we are highlighting again the uh, For the Children book. And uh, with all of this talk surrounding abortion, which, I you know, I should play this video. But what I'm going to do is I got a hold of this video this morning. It's about seven minutes long. Lady out on the street and just really, you know, 
preaching. I mean, that's what she's doing out on the street against abortion and telling mothers, you know, what are you doing? Can you even come up with the $400 it costs to tear your baby apart out of your womb? And uh, she says, we're called to be those who love our children. Amen. That'll be in the bonus videos for you guys who don't check out the archives. Every day in the archives, and I only give you all the stuff we talk about, I grab a whole bunch of videos that come a lot through our Telegram channel, and I'm really appreciative of those people who grab those things. Put those out for you guys in case you haven't seen it. So uh, be sure to check that out. But this week we're highlighting Stephanie's book for the children. Uh, it's normally $10. Let me make sure I'm thinking we got 25% off. I don't want to tell you wrong. Yeah, 25% off when you use the promo code LIFE. Okay, so when you use promo code life in our store, you can pick up this little book. It's, you know, it's one of those books that's filled with pictures. And when people won't listen anymore, when they've stopped their ears so much, you have to tell the truth to their eyes. Okay, and that's what this book does. So if you're interested in picking that up through Saturday at midnight, you can get 25% off of it by using the promo code life. Now, let me hit a couple of highlights and then we're going to get into our show today, which is on Water solutions. You know, we're going to bring David back on uh, to talk about prepping with water solutions. And there's a lot of stuff with it. You know, water is one of the most important things. So we're going to get there. I'm going to get ahead of myself, but we're going to talk about that in just a little bit. SonsLibertyMedia.com. Is humanity being purposely poisoned as part of a deep depopulation agenda? Klein and fertility over the past 40 years suggests so. Also, government steals paraplegic blind woman. This is in North Carolina, just across the line in North Kamilana. Government steals paraplegic blind woman's home and leaves her homeless for taxes she already paid. This is the problem with property taxes. This is the problem with taxes in general. They are not a good thing. They are a wicked thing. They're to be used against the people. Here's a paraplegic woman had her home taken from her and she had already paid the taxes. Oh, sorry, our fault. We're still going to keep your house. Yeah, this then, and this is another reason why we need to organize the county militias. We really do. Go stand in the place of people like this. Uh, people will keep dying needlessly until the world admits that COVID was planned genocide. Oh, I've got some videos in the bonus videos that you'll need to see today when I put them up. Okay, so be sure to check out the archive. Also, Target targeting kids for pervert wear. This is from our friend Alfonso Rachel uh, Zoe. From the Zoloft, and uh, it's a look. It's a video thing. Some of you guys, when you go to Zo stuff, he only has like one or two lines, and then a video, and that's it. It's a video. Just wait and let it load, and uh, you'll be able to check that out at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. Real quickly, politicians exploit the Buffalo shooting to push more censorship, ensuring that hate and ignorance continue. Uh, disgraced Ohio cop gets just two years for molesting fiance's ten-year-old daughter and filming it. I don't understand what's up with these adults and children. I, I, I just, I, I don't understand it. I don't get it at all. I really don't. Um, but this officer here, Raymond Rose, 31 years, he's only 31, was involved in doing this stuff. Um, you know, I, where's the millstones? Where's the rope? Where's the ocean? That's how you deal with these people. You don't deal with them by putting them in jail and making their victims pay to upkeep them. You, you don't do that. That's an injustice, not a justice. All right. 
Uh, and final one, diesel prices continue to soar as shortage worsens is rationing ahead. Now, as diesel prices goes up, that means the cost of delivering goods goes up, which means they're going to pass all of that on to you. Whatever gets thrown on that you think is getting thrown on the corporations and stuff like this is going to trickle down to you in the final price. Now, there's a couple of things out new. Um, and I just picked two here uh, from my stack of video stuff, so to speak. Uh, this is out of uh, Project Veritas. This is uh, twi uh, Twitter senior engineer, Siru, I guess that's how you pronounce his name, Marugasan. I want you to listen to what this guy had to say about behind the scenes at Twitter. He's just confirming everything that we've said all along. Twitter does not believe in he says, we don't believe in free speech. We weren't really operating in a capitalist mode. We were very socialist. Like, we're all, like, communist. Ideologically, uh, it does not make sense. Like, because says they're communists. So everyone on the right wing will be like, bro, it's okay to say, just got to tolerate it. Uh, the left will be like, no, I'm not going to tolerate it. I need a censor. Or else I'm not going to be in the So it does go right. They're cowards. That's what they are. I don't know if the two parties can truly coexist on one platform. What do your colleagues say about it? They hate it. Oh my god. I'm at least like okay with it. But some of my colleagues are like super left, 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 left. What are they saying? They're, they're like, this will be my last day if it happens. Has much changed since, like, Elon's coming out? A lot of change. A lot has changed. We're all, like, worried for a job. Oh, Why are you, you poor worried? commies. You know, jobs are taking like, I know, I still don't have to get I think it's just, like, the environment. Like, you, you're there, and you make all these things. We did all we can to, like, revolt against it. A lot of employees voted against it, but at the end of the day, board of directors have a say, and then they acted on their best interest because they didn't want to get sued. I basically went and worked like four hours a week last quarter. <laughs> he worked a whole four hours a week. How would you describe communism? And that's only a quarter of the time he works. These poor little commies. Don't you feel sorry for them? They're worried about their precious jobs. See, free men don't worry about their jobs. This guy that, that people are listening to, He'll be one of the first ones lined up on the wall and shot. He doesn't realize it. He doesn't know his history. Because he's one of the guys that will sell his people out. And if they know that you'll sell your people out, well, they're not going to let you live long enough to sell them out. They're not going to do that. So this is one of those guys. I got one more for you, and then we're going to bring David on. This is uh, from the Children's Defense Network. And this is dealing with the FDA-approved remdesivir based on a trial in which three out of 53 children died. Okay, listen to, what, listen to this information. So it was given an EUA in May of 2020. It was um, one of the very first drugs to be given an emergency use authorization. And then by the end of October, it was already licensed, 2020, by the FDA. Even though the WHO and most other countries um, had trials that showed it didn't work and it wasn't safe. And um, 
people wondered why it got the special treatment, and it may have, <clears throat> may have been because Dr. Fauci's NIAID and the U.S. Army both would get a portion of the royalties because they had been involved in the development of the drug. Um, and Gilead is a company, you know, known to sort of push the limits on trying to get its drugs approved when there's not really good evidence that they work. The, the so Gilead's at it again, and the FDA is collaborating with them. The approval, which is a full license for these very young babies, was based on a single trial of 53 children conducted by Gilead. Um, there appears to have been no, the, the trial's not published. Um, we can see it on clinicaltrials.gov. It was begun in June of 2020, and in a year and a half, they were only able to enroll 53 children, no control group. All 53 got remdesivir. Over 70% had an adverse reaction, 21% had a serious adverse event, and three of the children died. Because there was no control group, it's unclear how either Gilead or the FDA determined that the drug benefited children because there's nothing to compare it to. Um, so on the basis of 53 children who were apparently collected from 37 different sites so that if the drug was really doing something bad, nobody would know it because there was only about one and a half children per site that were part of the trial. Um, for the outpatients, it's recommended for mild or moderate disease. So you don't have to be very sick. Um, you just have to have the expectation that you might get very sick. <laughs> you could have an expectation you might get very sick. Well, I don't have any expectation of being sick. Uh, when it comes on, usually it's, it's unwelcome. You're, you're not expecting it at all. So this is, it's just crazy. And they want to use that remdesivir on the kids. Remember, Stephen Spivey, we had on last year in August to talk about the release of Fallen Angel, that documentary uh, film about extortion 17. Within three months, he had a little bit of COVID symptoms, sniffles, you know, maybe a little bit of heart, not really bad and breathing and this, that, and the other. Put him in the hospital, give him rendezvous. He's dead. He's dead. They murdered him. I mean, they knew this stuff was deadly. They knew it. And yet they continued to do it. We, we talked about... Uh, we had Scott uh, Shara on on Friday. If you guys missed that, what a heartbreaking story. And yet what a very encouraging, the, the perspective that guy has on bringing the gospel to bear on those people who murdered his daughter. And he does believe they did that. They did it knowingly. Uh, the cocktails they put into her to kill her with Down, Down syndrome. Um, you know what? I'm all about forgiveness. I'm all about getting people out from under the wrath of God. I don't want my worst enemy to face the wrath of God, but the justice of man in a situation like that, according to the, the law that God has given, I'm all for that. And uh, so, yeah, there's a lot of people that need to, to face that today, especially after what's went on. All right, today we're talking about water solutions, okay? So we're in our third series here on prepping. And again, guys, I'm just going to tell you, I this has been something because it's things that I need to learn. It's not so much... You know, I'm saying, hey, you need to know that I, Tim Brown needs to learn some stuff here. And I've learned quite a bit. I hope you guys have too. Uh, maybe it's reinforced some things that you already know. 
but David has been so kind to come on and uh, give his time, usually an hour, in most cases two hours, to talk about these issues, to provide some resources to make you think. Because, And I like the way David teaches. David doesn't come out and give you point by point everything. You, you do this, then you do this, and you do this. He may give you some of that sometimes, but it's basically here's some resources that are really good to cause you to think because your situation is probably going to be different than mine and mine's going to be different than David's. And so you get the general idea of what you need in your in your prepping and then you go and make it your own. And I think that's one of the things I really like about David is, is that he gives you enough information so that you're thinking and you're doing and it may look the same or it may look completely different, but in either case... Uh, you're ready to do your thing as far as uh, preparations you have to make for your family. And so it's my privilege to welcome back to the Sons of Liberty, David Pruitt from TheMiracleSav.com. Good morning, David. Oh, you're muted, bro. You're muted on that, Ed. Sorry about that. That's all right. Good. <laughs> and David's got a big old black bear coffee mug there. And uh, so, David, listen, we, um, we've been through almost... Well, we've been through two series. Let's put it that way. The first one had four. The second one had three. And this one's going to have three, too. And uh, we're going to have you on Thursday, Friday, Lord willing. And uh, I've got some people that were scheduled to line up for next week. And then we're going to probably give it another week. And we'll let you build up some stuff. Because David literally has dozens of topics. We talk about them on the phone. Hey, I can talk about this. And we can bring up that. And, and these kind of things. Uh, we're going to talk about dealing with predators later on this week. Lord willing, we're going to do that. Uh, on the homestead. So that'll be really interesting to talk about as well. But today is water solutions. And <clears throat> David, you know, you and I talked about using a ram pump. We've got a creek way back on the backside of our property. And I didn't know that without electricity, you could pump water all the way up here to where our house is. And you're telling me how to do that and things. And boy, I can't tell you, I'm I'm really eager to try that out and make that work. And then yesterday, uh, I got all my work done. I finally got outside and was able to do some work out in the yard to clean up the gutters and stuff. It wore me out because I haven't done that in so long. Um, but I I'm looking forward to getting to do some of these things that we've already been talking about and putting those into practice in our home. So when we're talking about water, there's a number of solutions that people can use because the one thing people will need is food and water. They're definitely going to need that. That's the bare minimum. Then we get into the things of ammo and tactical stuff and security like we've already talked about in previous shows. But what what would be sort of a, a starting point for what we're dealing with here with water? Because one of the things that I first thought of was our first show, and that was a mindset. And Jesus uh, met the woman at the well, and he says, I'll give to you water you don't have to come back to the well for anymore. I'll give you water, the water of life. And he is the water of life. And so that's part of the mindset. But there is a, there's, a, there's a picture there because we're largely made up of water. Um, we, we have to have water more than we have to have food uh, to survive because, boy, if we don't get water in a, you know, a couple of days, we're not going to be around to, uh, to worry about any of this other prepping. So go ahead and lead us on into some basics in this and, and some ideas that you have for that. Okay, so first off, I don't know everything contrary to popular belief. And second off, I'd like to say everyone I've spoken to from the show, awesome people. Um, I've been very, very impressed. Um, some great thinkers, some great problem solvers. And today, what we need you to think about 
is water. Okay, everybody, like you talk to people and you look at their bug out bags and stuff, there's a bunch of food in there. But normally you see like they got this puny little water bladder in there and maybe a canteen and that's it. Realistically, obviously you haven't done much hiking before because you're going to need a lot more water before you need food. And you and probably everyone listening to this could afford to lose a couple of pounds. So what I mean by this is that Water is more important than we give it credit for because it's so convenient nowadays. You know, we turn on the tap and it's there. So that which we don't have to work hard for, we don't appreciate. Water in some parts of the world is measured as value, like on land, like surface water is measured as value. So when we, when we start looking at a piece of property, before I start developing or anything, I start figuring out what my water plan is going to look like so that can include dousing that could include you know just praying about it pray about the land you know our heavenly father will guide you he's guided his people before um and the thing is is we i think that we don't make a big enough deal out of water because water is a resource and it's it's a very valuable resource especially clean drinking water now um you can build your own water filters. It's not hard. Um, I've done it. You can do it. What one man can do, another man can do also. But with that said, there are cheap ways of getting good quality filtration devices, you know, like the Sawyer minis and the Sawyer filters. Uh, there's a bunch of uh, modifications and things that um, myself and others have done to get the most effectiveness out of them. You know, camelbacks uh, have, have really made uh, high-speed, low-drag operations possible in, in the current day and age. Um, canteens are just very, very loud and cumbersome and heavy. Um, so when we talk about water in a short term, you know, like, a, um, like a, a, in a tactical environment, we're talking about we need good, high-quality, clean drinking water that we're not worried about because the last thing you want is to be um, held up some down, down in some valley um, in between some bushes um, having diarrhea. That is the least fun thing you can do. Trust me, I know from experience. So what this means is clean, good-quality water. That's why we filter water before we drink it, even if we think that the source is good. I've been to places before that I've been told the source is good and it is not good. So it's just a precautionary thing. It's like insurance. It's good to have it, man. It's like a life insurance policy, that water filter. The other thing that water filters give us is they give us an ability to do things faster. So what that means is if you have like an inline system, um, like in a water bladder, what that means is I have a dirty bag that I can put all my water into and then I can have all that dirty water ready to go and put that into my filtration bag with an inline um, filter. What this means is that I can be walking along while I'm filtering water. I can be, you know, I can be doing other things while I'm filtering water. Another option would be a Berkey filter. You can build your own Berkey filter with five gallon buckets. You don't have to go and buy the Berkey filter. Um, you can. Um, you can buy the, the filter elements themselves and add those into a bucket. You can build those. That's a wonderful way to do it. 
I, I can't say enough about that. That is probably one of my favorite ways if I was going to build a low-cost, high-quality water filtration system. They just last so long. Um, and you get so much money for, um, you, or you're getting so much filtration capability for the low amount of money that you're spending. Okay, so that's on the you know tactical, the short-term side of things. Now you need to start thinking about the long-term side of things. The long-term side of things is you've got to have a resupply because your fight will last so long as your water supply does. I mean, I'm not talking about like a physical fight. I'm talking about like in a bad situation, you know, think about Hurricane Katrina and how hard it was to find clean water. You know, the National Guard was bringing in pallets of water bottles and stuff. Okay. So water is a lot more important than people give it credit for. Now, if I were you, um, it's always a smart idea to have some cases of water bottles laying around for charity. You know, you never know when you might come across someone who might need a bottle of water. Um, and the cool thing about that is it's something you can give it to somebody and then you never have to deal with it again. Um, you don't have to sit there and wash the water bottle. You don't have to, you, you literally give them one of those disposable water bottles makes it really easy. Okay. So the next thing that you need to think about is, as you're developing land, you need to figure out where is your water in regards to where you'd like to build. Many people build first and then they develop water. This is the exact opposite way our forefathers did it. Our forefathers would find the water, then they would develop. That is what you want. Because here's the thing is if you find the water first, then you can decide, do I want it in my house? Do I want it out of my house? How do I want to, um, how do I want to incorporate this? Um, you have a lot more options when you, when you know where the water is. And you can use dousing to find water. That's probably the most effective and most common way for most people. I've seen it be very, very effective. Um, you can do shallow, like artesian wells. You can do um, you can do a spike, um, you know, a spike well hand pump like what I, I sent to you, Tim, if your soil's got the right composition. You know, you're not going to be pounding that thing through 10 feet of limestone. I mean, if you are, you're more man than I am. But um, I, I've sent that to uh, Tim. We'll, we'll be putting up some videos on that here in the near future. I've got a friend who, who would like to put one of those up at, at their place. So um, that's another option, you know, putting in a hand pump. You can put in solar pumps. You could get a well dug by a professional if you don't feel comp, um, confident. But it's one of those things that you also, this is something that a lot of homesteaders don't think about. A lot of people who are looking to move off grid don't think about is the cost to be able to do these things. So if you know how to do them, you don't have to pay someone else to do them, but now you have to have the time to do them yourself. Okay. And not only do you need to know how to do them, but you need to know what it's going to take to set up an efficient system. So that means looking at a lot of other people's systems. And that can be time-consuming, but it's well worth it. Because <clears throat> how streamlined your system is means how effective it's going to be. Okay, You want to keep it as simple as possible. You want to make it easy to conduct repairs on. That means you're, you're going to want shutoffs in multiple places. You're going to want filters. You're going to want, um, you know, a lot of people don't think about water softening capability and stuff. But if you're making your own organic inputs, you really need soft water. If you're going to be making high quality soaps, you really need soft water. 
Um, so that's something to think about. The other thing that you need to think about is not only where is the water, but how much water do I have? What are what resource amount do I have for the water? You know, if you're only getting five gallons a minute on a really good day, on a really good day, then you're very limited with your well. Let's say, and let's say that that's the maximum output of your well. Well, that's very limiting. So what you may do for something like that is you may take a cheap 12-volt solar system with a few panels, set that up deep down the well, and then pump that up to a cistern or something like that up the hill. Um, and it may not be a huge amount of flow, but it's a consistent small flow. So it's not draining the well so quickly. Um, you know, things like this are things that you're going to need to think about because no one else really talks about these things. I, I haven't met very many people who talk about water. They just talk about either putting their well or putting in a pond. Those are the two things they talk about. But there are many other options. If David, you've got a wet well. can, I, can I ask you a question about what you're talking about there with the solar water? Because we were looking at it at our house, um, not so much in prepping for the apocalypse kind of thing, but uh, just simply a, 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 an issue of finances, saving money on it. Because your your well pump, most well well pumps are run on a two twenty line. Um, ours our well is about sixty seventy five feet somewhere in between there deep, and um, so I had that, to. Excuse me. Is that static water level? Uh, I'm not really sure. I, I don't I don't know. They drilled it. I had to replace the um, the piping in there, and I've had to replace the pump once. Um, so, so we've had to do that. And a, a big deal on that was the shimming from where they drilled down. The electrical wine, uh, line would hit the uh, side of the rock wall. And when it was doing that, it was tearing up the line. And so then all of a sudden you don't have any water. So I got wise to that. We put a new pipe down and then we put a piece of pipe over the electrical so that when it's banging against the thing, it's hitting the pipe and not the electrical. I don't know why people didn't do that when they put the thing down there. They got to know that that's going on there. In any case, the difference between, say, you run a 12-volt system to pump your water out versus a 220. Uh, I talked with my brother. He does irrigation and stuff like that. But he said, well, obviously, you're going to make that pump run a lot more uh, on a 12-volt on a system. but is there an endurance? Is there is there a trade off for changing over to a solar panel where you can do that? Or even well, uh, some farmers around here use windmills just to run their their well pump. Uh, in that kind of case, what kind of deal are we talking about there? Is there a good trade off, or is there something that you want this for like a backup? If you if you have enough wind power consistently to be able to pump enough water, those windmills are very expensive. Um, I mean, you can get a solar kit with the panels for like under 600 bucks. It works very well for 12 volt. And then um, you could put batteries and stuff with it, or you could direct wire it. And then, you know, if the sun's out, it's pumping. Um, now you're talking about a much lower flow rate. Um, so keeping it on. Now you could, it, it depends on how you set up the system. So you'd if want... You so you'd want like a you'd want like a big bladder. They put a small bladder on ours when they drilled the well, and when I redid it because stuff went kaput uh, several years back, 
I got a really big bladder. I, it's probably like, I don't know, three or four feet tall. So it's got several gallons in the bladder itself. So you can kind of replenish that as you're using it, but you've got that pressure behind it so that, you know, it works well. So I, I don't know. Does that fit in? That's, that's a pressure tank. Okay. Um, yeah, the, the thing is, is with solar is because you can pump a small amount um, a very long ways with very little power using 12 volt pumps and that kind of thing. The cool thing that I found about it is that you can set it up to go uphill to a large holding, uh, like, you know, a two, five, 10,000 gallon holding tank. And then you can put a shutoff valve up in there. So it automatically shuts off the pump. So it's not running unless it needs to fill that thing up. Okay. So that's one option. I would say that you need two, you need two different options. You need to have a solar and you need to have a hand pump option. Um, simple pump I've had really good luck with. Um, they're out of uh, Nevada. Very high quality pumps. The best I've seen. Um, now, I've heard that there's a place, Buffalo Pumps, I, I think is the name of the company, down in Arkansas, I want to say. Um, another stainless steel, good quality hand pump. Um, and those ones will go like, I think Simple Pump will go a couple hundred feet deep. So 60 feet is nothing. A lot of those hand pump uh, uh, things like what I sent you, they'll go 40 to 60 feet, you know, with they'll go 60 feet with a little bit of modification. Um, now, wind can be uh, reliable if you have enough wind in your area. That's if you have enough wind in your area. I always tell people that you want at least two or three water sources on a property. That means you want some kind of spring or surface water, whether it be spring pond. Um, it could be a rainwater catchment pond. Okay, doesn't really matter what it is as long as you've got it. Now, uh, I hate to be the one to say this because I've been to people's houses before that live off grid that are new to it. We'll say, and. Uh, Probably the most common mistakes that I see is contaminated water sources because of poor placement. Now, when I say poor placement, I mean, like, if you're running a composting toilet, your, your, compost, your compost that you generate using that toilet should not be uphill from your water source. Okay? This is a... Like, I've seen this a few times, and I know it seems like common sense, but people just don't know what they don't know nowadays. Um, so that's a big one. If you've got a pond or some kind of surface waters, don't contaminate it. And then you also need to realize that surface water is easily contaminatable. So that means if you don't have a security perimeter around it, someone could contaminate it. Now, when it comes to your, uh, your pressure tank and everything, I would say that the pressure tank is totally unnecessary. If you have enough pressure, enough head on a large um, water container that is going to hold a lot of water. I say 2,000 gallons, the bare minimum for a small family. For a household as big as yours, you probably want twice that. Yeah. Because it's just that you want, you want enough water so if something goes down, you've got time to fix it. So you've got a few days or whatever. You know, 2,000 gallons sounds like a lot of water. That is not very much water. Not when everyone's working really hard. Not when you're washing. Not when everyone's, you know, uh, even if they're taking sponge baths and stuff, they're, they're going to use water. Okay. There's just no way around that. 
Your the livestock use a ton of water. You need water, okay? So if you're in the desert, somewhere like that, the more rainfall you get, the less square footage you need for a roof to be able to gather enough water to be useful. Um, out in the desert, every every square footage or every square foot of rainwater catchment is normally used because water is such a scarce resource. Um, in places that there is a lot more waterfall, you, you don't see people use that resource as as much. I like to tell people you should have rainwater catchment set up. And another thing that people don't talk about when it comes to rainwater catchment is the fact that you actually need to have a flush. So the first few hundred gallons, it could be 500 gallons, whatever. Believe it or not, you're going to create a huge amount of water off your roof. If you got a thousand square foot, 1,400, 1,500, 2,500 square feet, whatever you've got, it's going to produce a lot more. You get an inch of rainfall. That's a huge amount of water. Okay. Yeah. Can you share? Can you share with uh, the people what you shared with me about an inch of rainfall on, say, because you were asking about my style of house. Mine's a. Uh, uh, well, let's. Let's say let's just round it to two thousand feet. Okay. okay. That there's two thousand square feet of roof. Okay. If you get one, if you get one inch of rainfall, that is. 2,000 cubic inches of rain that you just harvested, if, if you have a way to harvest all of it. What does that so equate think, into gallons for people so they can kind of visualize that? I had... Because you I, told me I, on my roof it was about like 5,000 gallons, and I'm like, what? But yeah. then I, this it, was the it, reason I was fixing my gutters was because I don't know who got the bright idea to put gutters up with straight nails instead of using screws to hold that thing on because they're eventually going to come loose. And mine had the water was pouring off outside uh, mine and my wife's room is just pouring out of the gutter because it had gotten so loose. It wasn't going down the, the, the other parts. And so I, I just found that amazing. That many gallons of water. And not that the good Lord doesn't know what he's doing in supplying water for the earth, because he does, uh, but it, that's just incredible to me. Well, and this is why I say everyone needs to look at things as systems. So in permaculture, we talk about like keeping resources on the land as long as possible. That's why swales are used to keep water resources on the land. So you're slowing down that water, leaving your land for as long as possible. You're trying to get maximum productivity out of that water. Same thing goes for rainwater catchment. Same thing goes for all these things. And 2,000 gallons sounds like a lot for rainwater catchment. 2,000 gallons of pain in the butt to store 2,000 gallons worth of water, okay? Um, more realistically, I would say 90% of the people I've, yeah, I would say, 90, 90%, that seems about right, um, probably only have 500 to 1,000 gallons. I like 2,000. I think that's a really good number, especially if you've got gardens or orchards or anything like that, even if you're using deep mulch, even if you're, because you never know, there might, there might come a day where you get, you get drought. You just, you, you don't know. Um, you know, these are unprecedented times, and it's a, it's a heck of a resource. So when you start, when you start doing the math, it's amazing how much water falls onto your roof that you are not harvesting, that you don't, that, that is just going down the downspout. Um, and you know, if you can't, if you can't afford to put in a big water, uh, rainwater catchment system, put in some rain barrels. Um, now when you're putting in rain barrels, because 
Mosquitoes love rainwater catchment. So make sure that where the downspout comes down into the barrel, don't have the downspout going directly down into the barrel. Cut out a piece and then put in some stainless steel screen and that'll keep the mosquitoes from getting down in there. And then just put a spigot on the bottom of like a 55 gallon barrel, put it up on a um, couple of um, cinder blocks, gives you 50 gallons worth of water and 50 gallons of water is a godsend when you need water. Yeah. Yep. David, let me ask you this question because it's just kind of coming to mind. What about people who are in some of the Midwestern states that we've read about where their their tyrants that they call representatives come in and say, you can't capture rainwater and stuff. You're a smart guy on the legal side of things, too. And so what would people do in a situation like that where they're going to collect that rainwater? And I would say, couldn't you use, couldn't you just make it real simple and put a screen up where the top of your gutter is, uh, your your leads that are coming off your gutter? Wouldn't you be smart just to do it there? You keep a lot of stuff out anyway. But what would those people do where, where they're saying it's illegal to collect rainwater? Uh, well, you know, they also they also try to make arguments that like, hey, your right to breathe is not in the yep. constitution. Yep. <laughs> you know, so. We could, we could argue technicalities. The problem is, is when you set up a straw man argument, you're always going to win. Uh, I would say that, um, you know, public service is a public trust. Those people who are telling you that you have to do X, Y, Z are public servants. Public servants are supposed to be there for your betterment. If they're not there for your betterment, they're damaging the beneficiaries of the public trust and the fiduciary and the beneficiary cannot reside in the same individual that's the simplest i know how to how to put it okay. basically is, is it would be a breach of fiduciary duty that's how i would look at it so all these guys and not to get off track here but we did a story i think there was a i think the guy was a former marine and he was out in idaho or wyoming or Colorado, somewhere out there in the midwest and he put in a pond on his land. It was beneficial to the land, it was beneficial to the environment, it was beneficial to the animals, all this. EPA wanted to come in and shut him down, fine him ridiculous amounts of money for having that on. But he should just tell them, you go pound sand, and as far as I'm concerned, call in his local militia <laughs> and uh, and deal with the fed coats as they come in. Well, the you know, I'm not a lawyer, can't give legal advice. Sure. I'm not a doctor. And diagnose, prevent, cure any disease. <laughs> but all disclaimers aside, um, the I think the problem is is that you know people have uh, right is right, wrong is wrong. It's that simple. Yep, it is. Um, black and white. You know, bureaucrats like to talk about gray areas because their paycheck depends on it. Um, we've seen that with things like the NDAA. We've seen things like that with the Patriot Act. Um, you know, it justifies a bunch of people having jobs. And the problem is, um, I know who you're talking about. The problem is, is that, you know, obviously his neighbors, his friends, um, community members didn't care enough um, to to show support like they, they should have. Um, you know, it used to be back in the day that even if you didn't like a man, you stood for what was right. Amen. Because it was the right thing to do. You see, moral 
morals are not, uh, you know, it's, it's not a multiple choice question. You know, it's not A, B, C, or D. You know, there's right or wrong, good or evil. And I think the problem is moral relativism is really the, the cause for many of the issues that we see today. And we see those, we see those in so many different ways. I mean, look at, look at, look at the world today and tell me that uh, in 2017, tell me that you, you would have seen the whole pandemic and all this stuff the way that it is now. Tell me that you would have seen a, a Biden regime with the Ministry of Truth. Tell me that <laughs> you, you see what I'm saying? We just we. The, the problem is, is you're, you're seeing side effects. These, you know, evil in high places is a side effect of good men not standing up for what is right at the lowest levels. Yep. And when um, when cowards abound, evil flourishes. Well, that, that's a good word. I appreciate you doing that. I, I just wanted to bring that up for people who might be in areas where they're doing that is to continue to stand. And this is where we go back to our, I think our first show that we did on the mindset and that of community. We've got to build community. And really, that's what the church is supposed to be about. The church is supposed to be a community of believers, an assembly of believers, and not this organized kind of, you know, 501c3 corporation kind of stuff we're supposed to be living a living breathing organism the body of the lord jesus christ if you will uh who are going out and who are ministering and so when we get to this issue where men think that they own the the rain that falls out of the sky and says you can't collect it man those people are setting themselves up like caesar was we're gods and we'll tell you and by god you're going to bow to us well and i i think that we see this more and more every day is the that the more tyrannical the current regime gets, the less um, uh, the less perceived justified authority they have. Um, the The thing is, the more evil committed by the current administration, the more people say enough is enough. We're we're seeing that every day. Um, people are hurting. You know, the economy's in the dumps. Um, you know, they, they, a lot of small businesses have closed down. People don't want to work. People, you know, people are, are, and you know what, the other thing is people are being tested. You know, these are very trying times. Um, I'm always reminded of that quote lately by Thomas Paine. These are the times that try men's souls. Um, I, I really feel like that's just as applicable today as it was then because Amen. we we forget how easy we've had it and previous generations were so um you know like uh, i'm not going to say which generations but previous generations you know they fell asleep at the wheel and they allowed bureaucrats to micromanage their lives and although they may agree with us that the government no one should be able to come and tell you you cannot collect rainwater off of your roof because think about this, if they were really so concerned about the environment, wouldn't they want to see alternative energy? Wouldn't they want to see um, people collecting the rainwater so that they don't have to pump more water yep. out of the ground? You would think. And aquifers? I mean, it would, it would make sense to me. But what do I know? I'm just some country bumpkin. You know? <laughs> yeah, I, you're, the, you're the country bumpkin from Missouri. I'm the redneck from South Carolina. And so... The <laughs> I guess we could make a we could make my my friend uh, Diego. I played him yesterday. 
Oh, what a great guy. We're going to have him back on to talk about some subjects too, but he said him and Ammon Bundy were going to do a podcast called The Hick and the Spick, <laughs> which was hilarious. Uh, but uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're great guys. Look, here's the thing. And I, I know um, Salt has said, oh, there's going to be global government. Yes, there is. Here's the deal. The choice is yours whose government you're going to be under globally, if you want to use that term. You're either going to be under the, the government of Christ, who the government of, is going to rest on his shoulders. That's what we were told in the Old Testament. That was a prophecy about him. You're going to be either under that government, or you're going to be under the government of the world and those who are running that scheme. And here's the question I have to ask people. Who's more powerful, the man who makes himself God or the God who came in flesh and dwelt among men who conquered death, hell, and the grave, and who rules and reigns forevermore. Which one's more powerful? Which one do we serve? Did David go out and say, I have to submit to you, Goliath, because you're bigger than I am? Because you've got more people than we have? No. He come out and he... And see, this is the thing, David, we haven't seen. I don't mean to get off of the subject because we've got to get back on the water thing. But I think this is the thing. The people are so accustomed to being oppressed that they just they they give lip service to God and his power but when it comes to actually living that it's something completely different it's the it's the bowing and obedience to the state and everybody else and you know what the gospel message is not one of victimization the only victim in the in the gospel was the Lord Jesus Christ and he did that willingly so he really wasn't even a victim he laid down his life freely for men to save them from their sin and that was to empower men to be conquerors, more than conquerors, is what the Bible says, through him who loved us. Now, with that said, we got a little under a minute. We got some more water solutions we're going to cover. And uh, I appreciate getting to put this into the mix, because as I started off when we started talking about this, Jesus says he's the water of life. Are you thirsty? Are you hungry and thirsty for righteousness? Then the Bible says you'll be filled. If you're calling upon God, if you're trusting in the Lord Jesus, as the one who saves you from sin, he's going to fill you with those things. And, and you're going to be filled. There's no question about it. But David, I want to give you about 30 seconds. Tell people where they can find out about you and some of your products. If you'd like to support our little ministry, you can go um, onto themiraclesav.com. Um, we've got tree resins, the highest quality tree resins available. Um, we've got um, ancient pocket resins, pure ancient pocket resins. We've got different um, mixtures like, um, you know, the super cocoa resin essential oil, which has been very, very popular. The super PAV sab. Um, we're getting the, we've got food storage buckets of high quality activated charcoal. Uh, just keep it. Okay. All right, David Pruitt, we're going to continue the interview here. So if you guys want to catch us, sonsoflibertymedia.com, beforeitsnews.com, any of the other affiliates, and we'll see you on those side of that. And back in the morning with Lynn, 6 a.m. All right, I want to welcome everybody coming over from Red State Talk Radio. And uh, yeah, d well, you guys know we're going to have overtime because we got David on. We, we like to keep him a while. He's up and he's got he's got at least one cough, cup down. He's going to go get another one here in a minute, and then he'll probably have to be running to the bathroom <laughs> just a little bit. But David, let's get back on the topic here of the water issue. And, you know, one of the things that I told you was that we had, uh, I, I watched a lady, I forget the lady's name now, but she's got this big old, she's got a lot of equipment and stuff. And um, 
she was one who gave me the idea for my chicken coop. So I, I, I was doing that. But I watched she brought this thing in. Uh, it was a huge, um, it was like pan. they put panels on it. They put a liner in it. And it would hold like ridiculous amounts of water. Thousands and thousands and thousands of gallons of water. And she had that tied off on her gutter system for her building uh, and things like that. Um, you mentioned 2,000 gallons. What that's about something like that? That's that's the bare minimum for me. Another option, um, you know, like on, on a few consulting things, I've done things like you can take a pond liner. You can go lay that out, you know, if you don't have time to bring in clay and everything and do um, do a normal natural pond. You can use pond liners. You can, um, you can make huge ponds, surface ponds. You, you can make um, underground cisterns with a pond liner, but you've got to create some type of a, a covering for it um, that gets enough airflow that you're not going to have mold or, you know, nastiness in there. Um, so that's one option. There's a number of very good um, articles and resources on that. You know, we'll probably be doing some of this on the website. You know, um, you've seen it's been a slow but gradual progress um, on operation preparedness. Um, but we are working. We've got a few friends with some land who are letting us uh, do video and stuff as they develop it. Um, you know, they won't be in the videos, but we're going to be showing some of the um, some of the parts. So that'll be really nice. Um, but when it comes to two thousand gallons, is really the bare minimum, and this is why is you've got to have a resupply plan. So I don't care if you've got 2000 gallons, but what's your resupply plan? Because you're, it's kind of like, you know, you, you need, if you're, if you're in a gunfight, you need bullets. Okay. And you might need medical and you know that at some point in the near future, you're going to need water, whether or not you need ammo. Yeah. You may never get in a gunfight your whole life. But I guarantee you, you're going to need some more water at some point in your whole life or your life is going to be quite short. Yes. <laughs> so when, when I think about water, I'm thinking about, you know, how much time does that buy me? 2,000 gallons, you know, man, if we really scrimp it, you know, with the chickens and everything, we might be able to get maybe a month, you know, just. It, it, you you don't realize you know how many gallons are you are you going to use what fifty gallons to go and do all the dishes and everything for the whole for the whole group you know every for every meal and then think about you know clothes you're going to have to wash your clothes you know believe it or not one of the fastest ways to wear out clothing is get it dirty because the little dirt the dirt gets in between the fibers of the cloth. And it actually wears it out prematurely. So that's why we wash our clothing is to actually make it last longer. So these are all things that you, you have to think about. And that's why we need water. Water is this wonderful resource. Without it, you're not going to get very far. So when we talk about that, and then back, I, I do want to touch on this really quickly. Tim, um, you know, we were we were talking about um, you know, government wanting, uh, you know, those, those people who tell you that they are your masters to regulate um, rainwater. Well, the problem is, is if you don't have gutters on your house, it could be an erosion problem. Um, you know, there's, there's problems like that, or, you know, maybe you've got a downspout, but it's not properly designed. And now it, it's creating an erosion problem anyways. 
these are problems that you need to think about. Um, not only that, but you need to think about what is your most, what is most important to you? Um, you know, like some people focus 100% on water. Some people, it depends on what your, your goals are. If your goal is to just ride out a, a short storm, then maybe only 100 gallons is what you need. Maybe you only need 50 gallons. Maybe you're in an apartment and you can only store 10 gallons. Do what you can where you're at. Um, you know, a journey starts with a single step. Um, you know, self-reliance, uh, you know, homesteading, all these things, they all start with very small steps. And you can, you'd be amazed what you can accomplish on even a small piece of land. Yep, I agree. In fact, when when we closed out, our, I think our last show or the one before that, you know, I closed out with the fact that that little that family had created a, a quarter acre, you know, Garden of Eden, so to speak, in the middle of Los Angeles, for goodness sake. So if they can do that and there had to be a place where dad had to start, then anybody can do it. It's just an issue of taking the steps. And so. Really, guys, this is where we want. Some of you guys are far more advanced than I am in this. You you know you're doing some things that I haven't done, and that's great. Uh, my desire was to put it out there for people who haven't even been thinking about this, and now they're confronted with the food shortages, the water shortages, the baby formula shortages, the you know gas shortages, all these kinds of things. And I, I got to tell you, David, I think I see in the midst of all of this, a real silver lining, and that silver lining is is a mercy of God, is that people are starting to learn how to be, and I hate, I really hate the term self-reliant because we're ultimately dependent upon God to provide for us. But but I think people get what I'm saying with self-reliant. They're not dependent upon any and everybody else to provide for them what they can, what they've been designed to do for themselves. Well, and I, I think that and I, I, I do I, I do agree with you about that term self reliance, but it's become so um, it's become so prevalent these days. Um, I I think that self reliance. I think that um, you know having your own garden, growing your own food, having independence, being uh, being reliant on yourself and, and your your community. Um, you know your immediate community i'm not talking about a huge you know like hey you know what i get my i get my chinese made chinesium delivered from wally world from you know i'm not talking about that kind of reliance I'm talking about actual self-reliance you know it used to be that if you had a bad crop that we would all help one another out you know as in a community and this is something that we'll get more into when we talk about community and i i really think I really think that people don't see that that side of community as much. You know, they don't see that give and take. They don't see, um, they don't see how important that is. You know, you can't do everything by yourself. That's why self reliance is such a double edged sword. You know, people talk about how self reliant right. they are. One in ten thousand is half as self reliant as they think they are. I've been out in the woods with people who think that they know a lot, and they don't know anything. I've seen guys, you get out there, you know, it's the middle of spring and you get out there and they didn't even bring a poncho. They didn't even bring a rain jacket or anything. They get out there a few hours into a rainstorm, you know, that wasn't expected. They're now soaked. They're freezing. Now you've got to give them all your gear to keep them 
from dying. You know, it's things like that. People don't realize that self-reliance is, is we want to be careful about using that term because we are not capable of true self-reliance, most of us. Um, that's why you want friends. It's why you want family. That's why you want um, people that you can rely on, you know, members of your community. David, let me, let, me hit, let me address something right there because this is something we've been going over in Deuteronomy 26. Uh, when you're talking about if somebody had a bad crop or something, I think this is applicable uh, very much. You know, the Bible says in ver beginning verse 11, it says, And thou shalt rejoice in every good thing which the Lord thy God hath given unto thee, and unto thine house, thou and the Levite and the stranger that is among you, Okay, when thou hast made an end of tithing, all the and by the way, folks, tithing was not necessarily your money. Now we've grown into a society that's been that, but it was the agriculture. It was the it was the first fruits of your flock and stuff like that. That's what your tithe was. Okay, but here he says uh, the tithing of all the tithes and thine increase the third year, which is the year of tithing, and has given it unto the Levite, the stranger the fatherless, the widow, that thou that they may eat within thy gates and be filled. Then thou shalt say before the Lord thy God, I have brought away the hallowed things out of mine house and also have given them unto the Levite and unto the stranger and the fatherless and the widow according to thy commandments, which thou hast commanded me. I have not transgressed thy commandments, neither have I forgotten them. I have not eaten thereof in my morning, neither have I taken away aught thereof for any unclean use, nor given aught therefore for the dead. But I have hearkened to the voice of the Lord my God and have done according to all that thou hast commanded me. And so one of the things that, that's interesting here, you know, a lot of people say, oh, Christianity is the, the first communism. You know, they were taking their land and stuff. No, they were doing it voluntarily. The state wasn't doing anything. God says, here's the way I've set up tithing. And in the third year, there's a tithe. And this thing is going to be there to take care of the poor in your society. Now, was there some kind of penalty for this where they took them out and threw them in jail? Were they executed? No, there wasn't that. But God said, I'm not going to bless you if you're going to steal from me because ultimately what I gave you is mine. Yes. And he's saying, hold that stuff that I give you. The temptation for us is to is to be greedy, is to be lustful, is to be covetous. It's a violation of the ninth commandment. So, or excuse me, the tenth commandment. So he says this, we're supposed to be, if you want to say it this way, and I, I don't even like this term either, we're the church, the people who are believers in the Lord, are supposed to be the welfare system. Not in the sense that the welfare system is set up, because even when you see the gleaning of the fields, you let those people who are in need go glean those fields so that they're not getting a handout. They're having to actually work for it, but they have to ask, hey, can I do this? All of this ties in. And I got to say it again, it's because we as the people of God have not done what we're supposed to do and been obedient to God is the reason the state comes in and it does what the church is supposed to do. So if you want to be the state, be the church, mm -hmm. be the church. And I, and I would say that, you know, this is why community is so important. This is why they've, they've broken down the family unit is because the family unit is where community starts. You know, if you don't have a strong relationship with the father, you can't have a strong relationship with those around. That's you. right. If you don't have a strong relationship with those around you, there is no community. That's all there is to it. Um, as far as water, there is something there is another reason why I always tell people to have like way more than what you think you're going to need. And that is charity. How many people do you know who are who are 
setting up systems for water right now? How many? Like I'm talking high quality systems for water, um, you know, potable water. How many people have those available to them right now? So think about how useful that would be to be able to help out your neighbors, to be able to, you know, give them a few gallons of water to get them by until they can hand dig their well or whatever the case may be. See, the thing is that we have to not only think of ourselves, but we have to think of our neighbors, our loved ones, our communities, you know, and there may be people that you don't even necessarily like that you're going to help out because it's the right thing to do and doing right. what's right is choice question. That's why I tell people to store more water than what they need. You know, and the other thing is, think about this. What if your well went out and you had to go fight a fire? If you don't have any resources, then you're not fighting that fire. Exactly. So water is just another resource. It's like timber. It's like anything else. And I think that we need to start. We, we got to stop looking at it as its own separate thing and look at it as something in the whole system. You know, I, I talk about systems a lot because everything works together. You know? It's, it's all connected. It's very, and it's not complicated. It's just all these things have to work together in unison or they're not effective. Um, when it, now, one other thing that you can also look into um, that some people might like is, you know, you can look into putting in swimming pools. You can look into, uh, um, you could look into putting in a swimming pool and then maybe you could uh, do some kind of saltwater um, uh, Depends on what, what type of filtration you do as to what you could put in there. But, you know, I've seen some people who set up uh, what are called natural swimming pools or natural pools. They'll set those up and then they'll have fish and stuff in there. Um, and then they use plants to filter it. So that, that would be something that you could look into. You really need, if you've got a standing water source that is exposed to the air, you really need fish in there. Um, you know, small mosquito fish. Uh, purge that you you need a whole ecosystem to be able to keep the mosquitoes under control okay all right that's that's no that's that's really good to, to understand too because i know you said that you're working with somebody in your family about that they're they're turning their swimming pool in sort of an aquaponics kind of deal uh it's a, it's a work in progress as funds <laughs> allow <laughs> something else that i i will say is like when i talk about pond liners and things like that Pond liners are very expensive. You can use tarps. You can use any number sure. of things. What you're trying to do is you're trying to cut down the amount of loss through, um, uh, uh, through leaching or through uh, um, runoff or whatever the case may be. You know, maybe you've got sandy soil where you, know, you try to dig a hole and you put water in it. It just yep. goes away. That's where the pond liners, that's where a lot of those things come into play. You can also, I've seen people who have been broke They've taken those vinyl signs that they use for billboards and use those as a pond liner because that costs $20. A pond liner of the same size costs $1,200. Wow. So, yeah, yeah. So you can think, you know, you're really only limited by your own creativity in, hmm. in these things, you know, adapt, improvise, and overcome and make the best with the resources the good Lord has left to you, you yeah. know, and maybe. Maybe you talk to one of your neighbors and you, you say, hey, you know, I can't afford to do this, but maybe you, you can help me. Maybe you've got the resources and I've got the skills and we can do it for both of us and, and set up a, a system that's mutually beneficial. David, one of the things, if you can address this right quickly, because I'm thinking some people probably 
might be thinking about some of this. You're talking about water softeners, stuff like this. And you and I were having a conversation about reverse osmosis. And could you speak to that issue as far as what you would say about that and maybe what you would put in place of something like that? Uh, well, everyone's got their own opinions. Um, opinions are like butts. Everyone's got one and some of them stink. Um, so this is just my opinion. My two <laughs> I'm not here, you know, if I offend you, I'm very sorry um, that I offended you, not for what I actually said. Um, when it comes to filtration and everything and reverse osmosis, there are, uh, there are some companies who claim that they remineralize the water and all, all this. The reverse osmosis is a great thing. It's, I, I see little application for it because of the cost and... Um, the complexity and keeping things running and, you know, uh, those membranes don't, uh, they, they, they are not as tough as you may think. Um, so for me, for me, I like filtration. I think that a good, um, you know, a charcoal filtration system, activated charcoal filtration system, you could build your own, you can make your own activated charcoal, just time consuming and time is a valuable resource. So that's something to think about. I don't like reverse osmosis because I have, you know, I've, uh, I actually, I've just had so many issues with it over the years. Every friend that I've known who's had them, even putting professionally has had issues with them. I just, I think that there are better ways to set up a system. Um, and if, and if you've got a good well and you don't have contamination and stuff like that, you could always use like a uh, UV um, they make UV lights for sterilizing water and stuff, like large ones, like, you know, this big. Um, so you could do something like that. I, I tend to think that water, there are ways to, I think that there are more important things to do than reverse osmosis. I think that, you know, magnetizing the water in, in the right way may be better. Um, there are some people who have experimented with that. And, uh, you know, people talk about water wetting agents. Um, actually, if you use the proper magnets and things like that, you can actually make the water much more uh, slippery, for a better term, so it waters much more effectively. Um, so it penetrates the soil better. Um, you can do things like that, that that I think are a much better value. Uh, they don't ever wear out. You know, magnets don't, not in your lifetime, it's not going to wear out. Um, so I, for me, I, I think that, you know, getting a Berkey set up, you know, gravity fed Berkey set up or a Sawyer set up or something like that will save you money, time, complexity, and it'll make your life a lot easier. Okay. All right. All right. Very good. All right, David, um, what else, what else do we got? Do, do we got any closing comments or do you got any other ideas for about water that you want to give to people? I want you to think about it this way. There are a billion ways to deal with water. You've got artesian wells. You've got, you know, um, you can take a T-post. Um, I've seen guys modify T-post um, pounders and then pound, you know, um, use it with a modified piece of uh, a huge piece of steel and, you know, break their own well through bedrock. And that, there's, if you can find water, you can develop it if you're 
if you've got the tenacity, if you've got the uh, um, MOTC, whatever you want to call it, you can develop things, but sometimes that's hard work. You have to ask yourself, what is your water security worth to you? Um, do you want to be in a line waiting for water? Do you want to be going and asking, hey, Uncle Sam, hey, I, I could really use a couple bottles of water right now and some formula. So the, the <laughs> question... Yes. The, the question really is, is what is, your, um, what is your food independence worth? What is your water independence worth? When you're now creating your own water, your own food, and, and you're doing those things, does that, is that, that um, time, money, and expense worth it to you? I would say it's worth it to me in my household because you're going to feel better. You're going to, you know, you're going to be getting the highest quality food better than you could afford. Probably, um, you can use that food to barter. You can use that food to help out the needy. You know, charity is is one of the least talked about of Christian values. Hmm. And and prepping and prepping values too. I, you know, you and I had this, I think, in our first conversation on this issue of the mindset. And I hope that we're going to have a show to where we talk about the one of the biggest blind spots of most preppers, and that is community. Yeah, if you don't have community, you're out there on your own. And when you get short of something, you're going to be like, well, okay, I didn't plan for that. Yeah, but your neighbor did. And you've been you know, flipping off your neighbor or saying, oh, no, this is just for us. And I, I this is a mind. This is part of that mindset of saying we're not here just to take care of ourselves and those who are part of our household, but we are to 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 develop enough to where we can help others so that we might minister to them in a demonstration of love. First John three eighteen, which is our our ministry verse, uh, we might demonstrate that in how we care for them. And you're exactly right. This is one of the things. It's not just a just a Christian value that's the least talked about. It's in every area of our life that charity is not done. And I can say, David's not going to tell you, but I'll tell you. Um, there are many times where David has taken care of some of you, some of you out there listening. He sent you things that cost him. They don't cost you. They cost, they cost him. And he sent you things. And you ought to be appreciative of that. That's a demonstration of his love for you, even though he probably doesn't know you from Adam. And I know he's done it not just in this audience. I know he's done it for other people. He's done it for my family. And uh, David, you're to be commended for that. You're, you're honoring the Lord in that. You're giving him glory because of what you do. And uh, this is something that we as a people have to have, too. It's not just about, oh, you know, it's kind of, I don't even want to say it's, I don't even want to say it's easy. Sometimes it's very difficult for us to take $20 and give it to somebody who's in need because our our tendency, our, our desires is for ourselves. We're covetous people, which the Bible says we become idolaters when we do that. But, but this is a very important point, and I hope we'll do a show on this, just of community and what real charity is. It's not what the government has developed into welfare, but re what real charity is. Well, and I, I would say that the true charity, the best way that I know how to put it is, uh, um, and you give me way too much credit, by the way, brother. But um, real charity is giving as though your left hand knoweth not what your right hand is, is doing. And it's not about um, being acknowledged. It's not about, it's about doing the right thing. Agree. Uh, 
know, it's, it's, if you love your neighbors, you love yourself, then you would treat them, even if they're a turd, you know, um, you, you would treat them with the same love and compassion. You know, if, if, if you weren't saved and you saw someone, you know, think about not being saved, you know, they're falling to earth at terminal velocity and they've got a parachute on, but they haven't pulled the ripcord. So do you feel sorry for that individual? You, you, are you like, wow, you know what? That must be miserable to be them. And do you say, hey, you know what? Maybe, maybe one random act of kindness is all that it could take to plant a seed, a, a seed that could turn into something amazing. Yep. Because every time you do a charitable act, every time you do that, you know, people are going to talk smack. People are going to say lies about you. People are going to put words in your mouth. People are going to... Uh, they're going to say untrue things about you. I want you to remember this, that doing the right thing is never multiple choice question. And that every time someone does that, it shows how little they actually know about you. Because generosity, you know, when, when you give out of, a, out of a place of abundance and you don't have much, it shows how much more love you have than your adversaries. You know, we're supposed to hold ourselves to a higher moral, ethical, and legal standard. And when I say legal, I mean lawful. I'm talking about the law of God. We're supposed to hold ourselves to the highest of standards. And although we may fall short at times, it is uh, when we screw up, that is 100% on us. Okay. When we don't screw up, people are seeing Christ work through us. You know, when we give, when we do charitable acts, when we do those things, we, we need to make sure that people realize that that's supposed to be a blessing to them from God. It's that's not right. from us. That's right. It's because we realize that everything we have, both seen and unseen, known and unknown, is God's because everything in God's economy is totally contrary to man's economy. In God's economy, it is giving, it is in giving that you receive. In God's economy, you see, in man's economy, it's totally reversed. Yep. It's only in stealing, lying, pillaging, <laughs> yep. that stuff that you make a, a good living, right? And if you don't believe me, ask Bill Gates. Well, yeah, that's exactly right. And, you know, David, one of the things, you, I look, maybe I am giving you credit. You're a man. There's no question about that. You, you're, you're fallen. You're in need of a Savior just like I am. But, uh, you know, one of the things that comes to mind, and somebody made mention of it, Salt made mention of it, briefly sort of paraphrasing, uh, what goes on here, but out of Proverbs 27, boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. Let another man praise thee, and not thine own mouth, a stranger, and not thine own lips. I mean, here's the thing. Um, I, I say this about Bradley, too. Some people think Bradley is very, you know, harsh. And if you got to, if you knew him as a person, you would know, yes, he has that ability, but he is a very charitable individual. I, I kid you not. I know it firsthand, and it wasn't just because I'm working in the ministry. Even before I'm doing that, I know him to be a very charitable individual. I know he wants to do things top quality. I mean, he wants it to rival anything on the world stage when he does it. That's what he wants to do. Um, and so when I say what I say about you, it wasn't to build you up so much. It is to encourage you, for, for sure. But it's so people know the person they're seeing on the screen 
from my vantage point of what I see and what I hear and what you've done for me and my family, I want them to understand what kind of person you are that God's made you into because you didn't make yourself into that because if you were making yourself into something, you would be, uh, I don't know, you would be Bill Gates. That's what, I, if you were that, that's exactly what you'd be. Yeah, yeah. If, if, if I was in charge of uh, turning the, the clay into a pot, it'd, be, it'd look like a turd. That's exactly what it looked like. But, well, listen, David, we're, we, let's, let's get ready to close out here. Do you got a word of exhortation for the people before you go? Do what you can where you're at. Never get discouraged. God is in control. And all the powers of darkness cannot stop what God has ordained. You know, David stood before Goliath knowing who he served and that that which was in him was a thousand times greater than that which stood before him. And yet he asked, is this not the army of the living God? And think about how many thousands of men were shaking in their boots. Yeah. Yeah. And, and not only shaking in their boots, but David told Goliath, I'm not only going to kill you, I'm going to cut your head off and I'm going to feed your carcass to the birds. And, um, and indeed he did that with a little tiny stone he got out of the little tiny stone took down a nine foot giant and uh and he embarrassed him in front of the armies of of israel or in front of his own armies to where it encouraged the armies of god to go and chase them and they fled before them and you know what i think we can still do that today i you know it's different ways in which we do it there are many davids out there uh with many goliaths before them but we can chase Goliath and the Philistines away. But man, I mean, we got to trust the Lord. We and, and part of that that thing, Bradley had an article years ago. I never forgot the title of it. He says, if you want to see the God of Moses, do what Moses did. You want to see the God of David, do what David did. You can't see the God of our forefathers if we're not doing what our forefathers did, you just can't, you can't, you can't do that. David, thank you so much. I want to point people real quickly. Uh, my cursor's all over the place. Uh, TheMiracleSav.com. TheMiracleSav.com. You can click on the shop button there and you can go into the store. A lot of the products are there. By the way, uh, just so people know, um, this is my super cocoa resin. I put it in a roll-on which I have used on the back of my hand. You see those two little bites there? And I got one on my finger. Uh, that's, what I've, that's what I use this stuff for. David had told us about that in one of the preparedness uh, shows that we did. But he's got that in the, in the tree resins, the super cocoa. And then if you go down to the proprietary herbal formulas, this is the stuff. Look, guys, I, I drink this stuff every day now. Um, the gold standard, I mix the... Uh, uh, and David and his family all put in the instructions so you can do this in the humic and fulvic acid, which Kate promoted um, for detoxifying and also for giving you trace minerals that you're not going to get um, in a lot of your foods and things like that. Um, I do that every day, too. And David and his family have been very kind to us with all of that stuff. So be sure and, uh, you know, if you appreciate what David has done, you can support him and his family uh, through this ministry uh, Pruitt's Tree Resin Ministries by going to the miraclesav.com. Use Sons of Liberty and you'll get 10% off your purchase. Okay. So, Sons of Liberty, you get 10% off. And uh, if you need to contact him, there is a contact um, 
deal on there. Let me bring that back up. A contact us deal. You can call, you can mail or anything like that. Maybe some of you want to send money and not get a product, whatever, whatever the case may be, you can do that. It is a ministry. And then also operation preparedness. Now, David's carrying um, our shows that we've done. He's developing some videos and some articles. We've uh, He's got some contributors who are big in the in the preparedness movement who are going to be contributing this site too. So operationpreparedness.com is where you can go and you can find, obviously, our shows. You can find them on sunsolibritymedia.com, but they're on there. He's developing these things. So be sure and check that out. And then I don't know if Bradley's coming on at 3 or not. They were traveling. <laughs> so he said they got there last night, um, I think around 8.30, my time. So I'm assuming he's going to have a show today. If he does, it's 3 p.m. Eastern. You can catch on sunslibertymedia.com. And if he's not, if you don't see the video up, guys, he's not doing one. And you can go to GCN. You can hear the replay. And then we'll be back with you in the morning. Uh, don't know what's going on with Lynn. She had a crash on her modem. So she may be joining us by telephone in the morning for Rotten of the Core Wednesday. But you don't want to miss that. Uh, Lynn always just has... Uh, uh, put her heart into everything that she does and give some great information. So catch us for Rotten of the Core Wednesday tomorrow morning, Lord willing, 6 a.m. And we'll talk to you then. See ya.